0: It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8:28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we wanna shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And thank you all for joining us today. So Tabitha and I have decided to start recording a little bit of what we do in the studio so y'all can see us. In the last couple weeks, we have dressed alike. (laughs) <laughs> and we didn't even know it.
1: We wore the same thing, yeah. Which, of course, it's our purposeful women of God stuff. But usually <laughs> but we don't same, wear it. No, I we don't, don't wear, wear it, it forever.
0: Or it's like a different color because we did get a couple colors. But we have had the same
1: like color on. Yeah, so, so if you so. see us on Instagram, yes, the last we two weeks we have. dressed We didn't alike. plan
0: this either. No. So <laughs> we didn't plan it. So we told y'all last week that we are going to get into some of the juicier topics Mm -hmm. going forward, the specific sins that are called out in 1 Corinthians. And today we're here. Yeah, We're in the first of those lessons. And we just want to say, due to the nature of this topic, you know, we want to warn you that all of the content may not be appropriate for little ears. So while we're going to do our best to handle this you know, in the most respectful way possible, we want you to understand that this is a mature topic and we want to cover it as thoroughly as we can. So today may be a great time to grab your earbuds or whatever you need to do to listen away from the kids today. And I
1: kind of pride ourselves in that. Usually what we talk about, let your kids listen. They they can listen listen to to all of it. um, And these are you know, great things that maybe you want to teach them aside, but I think today they might not should hear it from us. That's right. (laughs) The parents can teach
0: them about these kind of things. So let's just dive in and we'll start reading in chapter five. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. Let me just say, when I read that, and I've read it again, and I cringe. Just like, is this is this real? It's cringeworthy.
1: Like, am I watching a soap opera or or listening? And they to... say the Bible is not interesting. I know. Who I know. says that? Yeah. So Paul just jumps in right in chapter five by calling the church out. Yes. He's not messing around. He's heard rumors, probably from trusted sources, of some things that are going on inside the church guys we've got to remember that this is going on inside the church here are things that are considered even wrong among the Gentiles so even the Gentiles consider this an abhorrent act and yet y'all are allowing this to go on inside the church Mm. and not only that you're puffed up and remember last week we talked about that phrase being puffed up it just means you're being prideful So you're continuing with this prideful attitude within the church, knowing of the sin that's going on among you. So what has taken place? Someone in the church is having an affair with his father's wife. So I looked this up because I wanted to make sure I understood this correctly because, you know, when you think father's wife, that's your mom, right? Yeah, So, some commentators say that this is an incestuous relationship, while others agree that because of the wording, that it could be a stepmother, and possibly that it was a stepmother, but either way. Either way, yeah. Hmm. Most commentators agree that the man's father is still alive. So if you'll think, you know, back then, the custom was that if a woman was left as a widow, that the next of kin would marry her. However, that was not the case for one's mother or stepmother. It Mm. never happened that way or shouldn't happen that way. Right. And based on the information that we've been given, it's speculated that the father is still alive, though. So regardless, this is a messed up yes. <laughs> situation, right? Yeah, pretty jacked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one in which they, they should not be applauded, right? That's right. Especially in the church. One that they should be heartbroken and mourning over, as Paul says, and yet they're still going about it in a way that there is no remorse, no heartbreak over the sin as there should be especially within the church. As one commentator said, not only personally and separately, but as a body, a body of believers, Mm -hmm. the church, they ought to have met together as a church and humbled themselves before God for the scandalous iniquity done in the midst of them. So Ashley, if you'll just pick up in verse three of chapter five. For I verily as
0: absent in body, but present in spirit have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to look, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So Paul is not present with them. He's saying, I'm not here but based on what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. I have judged the situation as if I were there. And as one who is in spiritual authority, he has the right to judge the actions of one within the church who is living in sin. And this is one of those tough scriptures to read because Paul goes on to say that this man must receive spiritual discipline based on his actions. Yes. And this is missing a lot. Yes. In the churches today. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I've read quite a bit on these two verses of scripture because it is difficult to read. Yeah. You know, on one hand, we have this loving God, and we talked about that over the past few weeks of how God pursues the one who is lost, how he sent his son as a sacrifice for all mankind so that we could one day be with him in heaven. But then we see scriptures like this and we recognize. The judgment of God, right? Yes. God takes sin very seriously. Very, yes. And it's not something to be taken lightly. So basically, Paul is giving permission to the church to conduct discipline over this man, quote unquote, in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's to quote Paul. Verse 5 is tough, so let's read it together in parts. It says, To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh. So some commentators believe that this was a physical discipline of this man's flesh, like a lashing. You have to remember the time that we lived in, or that they were living in at this time. um, So he could have received a lashing for the punishment. Others would have said this would be an excommunication from the church because of the reproach that he had brought to the church. But it ends by saying... That the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, regardless of the punishment, it is all for the purpose of this man repenting yeah. of his sin. Mm-hmm. The assumption is that this man is saved, but he has not just sinned and repented, he is now living in sin with an unrepentant heart. And that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. So now his flesh must suffer the consequences, but his spirit will be saved because he was a believer. Jesus taught this same concept in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 27 through 30. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. You know, I find this interesting that the same sin is brought to light in Matthew. It's all about adultery, right? Mm-hmm a sin against our flesh, a sexual sin. And what Jesus is teaching is literal. It's not figurative like we want to believe sometimes. Um, So you can't, you know, in modern times, you can't quit, if if you can't quit watching pornography Pluck your eyes out. It's better for you to live life on earth without sight than to enter hell with your sight intact. And that's how seriously the Lord is viewing sin and how he views sin. And now Paul is teaching the same concept among the church. It's better for you to turn one person away from the church who is actively participating in sin than to allow his sin to continue because it is affecting the entire body of believers. Even in more modern times, in the South, we've called this having someone churched. Ashley, have you ever heard of that? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My Pawpaw was a Baptist preacher, and if one of his congregants was continuing in sin, he wasn't afraid to church them, Yeah, um, which was basically just revoking their membership to the church and telling them that they can no longer worship there. So what are your thoughts on that?
0: Oh, man, that's tough because... Okay, I mean it. It goes even back to what Donnie was talking about. The denomination, like that he grew up in, was so strict that maybe if he even played baseball on a particular day, I don't know if it was a Sunday they were doing it. I really don't know. But they're like, "Oh, you can't play the drums this week." Yeah, or you can't, you know, do this or that. Um, I do believe that there should be some rebuking in the church if you know someone, especially an authority, someone right. that's a leader within the church. You know that they're living in sin and you know that they're mm-hmm. not doing the right things. I do believe there should be rebuking there because these people are up in front of the congregation right. as leaders leading
1: other people. But yet, but you also have to be careful, too, because you don't want to turn people away from the church because that could be the only place that they can get help. Exactly. Yeah, I know. And
0: so it's it's tough. I mean, it's tough because I think it they should be like, you know, we know that you're living in this the sin and there needs mm-hmm. to be some repentance. And it may just be that, okay, well, we need you to step down from this Sunday school class until not necessarily kicking them out of the church, but, you know, because they need to be in church, right? And and maybe
1: it's a, we're not telling you you can never come back to the church, but it's like, you have got to quit doing this. Yes. Before you're able
0: to lead a class, before you're able to lead a youth group, before you're able to put yourself in authority, like you have to have this sin under control.
1: You know, you have to be repentant of it. This is yeah. tough for me, you know, it's to tough, teach huh? this because yeah, in my flesh, I don't necessarily agree with, I don't know. Being so hardcore. I mean, I the guess. Bible's hardcore about yeah, it. Like, it really is.
0: You see this sin, and he doesn't necessarily say that it's like, a leader, it's like a church member, right? I mean, so we don't know Yeah, the I full read a couple story. of
1: commentaries. One would have said that they would have had some kind of authority, authority in, the in the church. Others said possibly not, so who knows? You don't, we don't really, we really know, know, don't
0: know for sure, but yeah. I mean,
1: that's kind of my
0: take on it is, I mean, if you are putting yourself... And you're teaching other people, Mm -hmm. and I mean, you're setting yourself up as an example to a
1: higher standard.
0: You are, because you're setting yourself as an example. These people are following you, they're listening to your teachings. Yeah. But if you're teaching about the sin in the Bible and how you're supposed to be sober minded, but yet you're going out and you're drinking every Friday, Saturday, and coming into church with a hangover, I mean, I don't know. Like, I. That's kind of hypocritical. And so, you know, there's that. I think that's the whole point of it. Boundary. You know,
1: they're being prideful in their sin. I think it's also a matter of the heart and what you see within that person. You know, I'm a documentary fan, a nerd, whatever you want to call me. Um, I like to watch a lot of the documentaries. But what I've seen in a few that have come out in the past few years of things that have gone wrong or gone on within the church. Prime released Shiny Happy People about the Gothards, Mm -hmm. the church leader that the Duggars follow. Yeah. HBO Max released Let Us Pray about deceit and sin going on in the Independent Baptist Church. And I believe it was HBO also that released a documentary about the Hillsong Church and the fall from Grace of Carl Lentz. And I
0: know it was on Discovery, too.
1: They did. But here's what I noticed in every situation, right? They elevated the men. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. They were following the church leader Mm -hmm. and not God. Yes. So these men over these churches became... They're puffed by. up, yeah. right? They were prideful, as yeah. Paul would have put it. Um, they weren't humble in how they were leading the church, and they were brushing sin, namely sexual misconduct, under the rug rather than calling it out for what yeah. it was. That's right. And that's a dangerous place for a church leader to be in. And I think what happens initially is they try to hide what's going on to not bring reproach or attention to the church right. in a bad light. Yep. But then once someone gets away with the sin, it begins to become more prevalent. Mm-hmm. And in particular, it's dangerous for women and children because they then become the unconsenting victims in all of this, right? Mm-hmm. It's very tragic within the church. And Paul is directing the church at Corinth to get a hold of what's going on now. Handle it before it this sin <laughs> grows further into yeah. the church. And as a caveat, I do want to say this because I mentioned these documentaries. You know, Ashley and I both grew up independent Baptist church. Yep. And we we both attend a Southern Baptist now, but they received a lot of pre- bad press yeah. in particular after the Let Us Pray documentary was released. Right. But from a personal standpoint, I want to say this, not all independent yeah. Baptist churches were a part of that mess that was reported on. You yeah. know, it broke my heart when I read that to hear some of the things that these women and these children faced, Um, but not once. I sat under some amazing men of God that I respected, and they were respectful of me Mm -hmm. as a young girl growing up in the church. And not once was I ever made to feel uncomfortable by my church leaders. And I say that because, you know, so many times we can lump Every, a whole group into all one. All independent
0: Baptist churches. Yes, into, these into one big that,
1: category. Yeah, And while those that were abusive of their power, they need to be held accountable. Most because definitely. a lot of what they were doing was wrong. That's right. But there are many more amazing men, men of God, that yes. have led the church well, humbly, and without reproach. And I think we need to remember that. You know, that when we hear these yeah. headlines, there are men that elevate themselves. They become very prideful. Yeah. they start dabbling into sin and doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And there are victims of their abuse. And once again, they need to be held accountable, but you can't just hear, oh, independent so they, Baptist and, yeah, they must be bad because there are, is another whole group yes. of independent Baptist churches that are serving the Lord faithfully. Yep. They are respectful of women. Yes. They are wonderful with their children. And we just need to remember that.
0: Yeah, I was never made to feel growing up in an independent Baptist church those ways. Like that no. just never happened in our church. No, not so. that they
1: were taking advantage of us as children or no. anything like that. Or we- no. And those are the things that Paul is talking about not here right. that needs to be handled and taken care of before, before it grows it gets and it festers. That. That's you know. exactly right. So let's just continue in First Corinthians chapter so 5.
0: Pick up with verse 6. It says, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but
1: with the unleavened
0: bread of sincerity and truth.
1: Now, I know you've got a lot to teach on this, but I just wanted to jump in, because have you been following the sourdough trend on Instagram? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me sick to think about. I'm so envious. I want to be able to do it. I would love Um, to, but yeah. But I haven't tried the sourdough trend or, or I say trend, it's, been there forever. But it's a
0: trend now. It's definitely a trend. now.
1: (laughs) But I do make homemade like loaf bread from time to time. And one thing that I know is that it only takes a little yeast for the bread to grow. Right. And that's the concept, right, that Paul is teaching here. So Ashley, go ahead and kind of relate that, you know, to Old Testament times as well.
0: Yeah. So leaven or yeast would have been understood among the Jews of this time talking about this. And as Paul mentions, the Passover. So, if you'll recall back in Exodus, Exodus 12, 23, it says, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. So, the Passover was this time that Moses went to Pharaoh and asked, Let my people go. And we all know that he would not. Mm hmm. And so God sent 10 plagues to the Egyptian people. And the last of the plagues being where we got this Passover, it was, I will smite every firstborn Mm -hmm. of every family, but because you are my children, you are my chosen ones, if you will kill a lamb, put the blood over Mm -hmm. the doorposts, we will pass over, the angel of death will pass over you that night and not only was it that like God gave specific instructions of the meal for them to have that night it was roasted lamb it was unleavened bread and it was bitter herbs Mm -hmm. I kind of think about all that and I'm like probably (laughs) it wasn't a very tasty feast but those were the things that he said to prepare this you know take the blood of the lamb put it on the doorpost and the angel of death will pass over your house and we know that's exactly what happened we know that the Israelite Firstborns were saved, and that the Egyptians were, were slew. The angel of death came and slew all the firstborn. And now they're going to celebrate this. And right? now they celebrate this as yeah. every year they celebrate this Passover to show God's mercy and His love, and how mm-hmm. you know He saved He saved their firstborn kids, and He saved them from bondage. So you know this time it was a time to serve as a reminder that they were to live holy lives mm-hmm. set apart as God's chosen people. And yeah. God took this time very seriously, mm-hmm. so much so that they were to get any leaven yeast completely out of their homes. And if anyone purposely or mistakenly ate leaven during this time, they would be cut off from Israel. Like that's
1: hardcore right there, That's right? hardcore. That's <laughs> intense.
0: And now in 1 Corinthians, Paul likens leaven to the growth of sin within the church. So if you allow even a little sin in the house of God, then that little will go a long way. Get out the leaven of malice and wickedness and replace it with sincerity and truth. And that aligns with another teaching of Paul's in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all
1: things become new. So that whole idea of that then is you're getting rid of all of that old sin. You know, all of that stuff that festers in your life. That's right. And you're replacing it now with the things that are from the spirit of God. And that's what he talks about. Like Get out the malice, the wickedness, the sinful things that you've got that had before your repentance, before Mm -hmm. your salvation was growing and festering in your life. Get rid of all of that. Yep. And now replace it with the things of my word. That's right. With the holy things, with sincerity, with truth, and let that grow now.
0: Yes. So we'll finish out the reading of chapter 5 and starting with verse 9. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to accompany with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. For then must ye needs go out of the world, but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner. Whew, that was a long list. With such <laughs> and one, know not to eat. For what have I do to judge them? Also that are without, do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked
1: person. All right, so Paul concludes this letter by telling the church that if a brother, right, that's a saved person within the church is blatantly living in sin, we must judge that person and disassociate ourselves with them. That's how seriously he takes sin within the church. He goes on to not only call out adulterers but fornicators. So those that are engaging in premarital, extramarital sex before or outside of marriage, the covetous. You know, covetousness is an insatiable desire or worldly gain, a desire to find fulfillment, meaning, and purpose in things instead of God. Well, that's Yeah. I mean, you know, like this is serious, serious. stuff. Yeah. And yet we're we've all been a part of that, mm-hmm. right? An idolater, someone who is worshiping someone or something else other than God. You know, we're to respect the man of God, and I want to make sure that we point this out. We are to respect the man of God and the spiritual authority that God has placed in our lives, but we are not to worship man, only God. A railer, so that's anyone using reproachful, vulgar, or abusive language. A drunkard, a person who is habitually or frequently drunk. An extortioner, someone guilty of taking things that are not theirs. A greedy person. And verse 13 says, therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Mm. I mean, we're just reading the Bible. Yeah. Here. You know,
0: That's I mean, what it says. It's, it's,
1: it's what ours. God's telling yeah. us.
0: But verse 13 also tells us that those that are without, in other words, those that are lost, we are not to judge them. Mm-hmm. God will judge them. Right. It goes back to what we've talked about before. We cannot expect a lost person to to live holy, separated lives because they do not have the Holy Spirit within them to guide and direct them morally and spiritually. So God is their judge. But as Christians, we are called to judge in certain circumstances within the four walls of the church. We are not called to judge outside the church or outside of those professing salvation. Yeah, and
1: we need to remember that. You know, and that's where that whole scripture comes from, Judge Judge not, not. lest ye be judged. Yes, yes. (laughs) we've talked about that before, that that's a popular verse that everyone wants to. Yeah, it's taken out of context. Mm -hmm. There is a time to judge, but there's also a time that we should not judge. That's right. So what's the purpose for this today? First and foremost, the purpose is to examine yourself. Most of those that are listening are saved. You are Christians. Um, and we are to look within. You know, are we engaging in sin that we should put out of our lives sexually? Are we coveting things? Are we worshiping things or people? Are we tearing people down with our words rather than building them up? Is our language vulgar or abusive at times? Are we finding ourselves abusing substances such as alcohol, drugs, or prescriptions? Have we become greedy in our jobs or careers? If any of those things are present in our lives as Christians, then we need to seek forgiveness from the Lord and from those that we've wronged. Secondly, If you are part of a church where your church leaders are engaging in any of these sins and is being brushed under the rug in sincerity and in truth, maybe it's time to ask for a meeting to express your concerns. And then if it's not handled in alignment with scripture, it may be time to disassociate from them and find a new place of worship. And I I say that and I'm very cautious in saying that because we always need to be mindful Of our motives. Yeah, that's right. You know, we are not to blatantly cause problems within the church, but we need to seek a church congregation that desires to follow the teachings of God's words and the leadership of the Holy Spirit above all else. And you too should make sure that you're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit before you bring anything to attention. But it should be done orderly and in love and in truth, not in arrogance, and for self-gratification. And that's what we need to remember any time that we need to go to someone within our church and talk about a situation is that we we check our motives, right? check our motives, make sure that we're doing it in love.
0: And also, it's important to understand that this doesn't mean that Christians are perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, Tabitha and I will admit we are not <laughs> perfect. We will sin from time yeah. to time, and we have a loving Father who will forgive us if we have a repentant heart. First John 1, 9 says, and we know this is something that we quote often. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But this teaching today is about habitually sinning with an unrepentant heart. It's going back to the sin over and over again.
1: But even still, God is a loving God and he will forgive you. Right. Right. You know, and this doesn't give us permission to go no. to our pastor every time that we see something that we That's disagree right. with or we don't <laughs> like. That's right. It is examining what's habitually and continually going on in your church. And if yeah. it is dishonoring God, if it is going against God's word, and we've talked about this preference versus, yes. you know, what's biblical, what's, and what's biblical. Yes. yes. And so you don't have to bring attention to your pastor, call a meeting every time that something happens that you're like, yeah, I don't know I like that, you yeah. know, but it is when you see something that's continually going on that is affecting your relationship, but then you're also seeing that, man, you know, there's some sinful things that are going on here and I don't want to see that for my church. I don't want to see that for my pastor. Then pray about it, seek the Lord, ask him for guidance, and then go to your pastor.
0: That's right. I believe the Lord will reveal to you if that's something that you need to bring forward or not. So what's the challenge this week?
1: Our challenge today is to repent and turn from whatever sin has entangled you. Maybe it's a relationship, and you know, it could be an amazing relationship, but it's crossed the line from holy to sinful through your sexual desires, repent and honor God more than your relationship. You know, if that person is truly who God wants you to be with, they will understand. That's right. You know, that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy because if you've already crossed those lines and trying right. to pull it back, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy, but it will honor God, and it will be built on biblical principles that will strengthen your relationship in the long run. You know, maybe you've realized that your desire to be successful in career has come with some bad decisions that have left you longing for worldly gain over following the Lord. Repent of that and decide now to honor the Lord in every business deal going forward. It may not always be the easiest decision, but people will respect you for your character. And I think that's at the essence. All of this is about check your heart, check your motives and do your best to honor the Lord in everything that you do. Don't excuse your sin so that you can continue doing what makes you feel good. Right. Because you you wouldn't excuse somebody else's sin. Right. And God takes sin seriously. And I think that's a place that we have forgotten that maybe yeah. we've strayed away from that in our more modern churches that right. we don't want to have to deal with it. We don't want to have to, you know, address in. Right. Um, but I think at times that it, it's important for us to do that. And that's why it's great to have accountability partners, oh, people yeah. that you can go to and just say, Hey, friend, I love you and I want what's best for mm-hmm. you. But I see you starting to stray away a little bit. You know, maybe yeah. you've started missing some church lately right. and, uh, What's going on? Right. What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your life? How can I help you pray? What can I do to help to to pull you back in? Yeah. You know?
0: And and it goes back to even what Donnie was talking about. Surround yourself with good people, right? Uh. Some good positive influences that think spiritual minded mm-hmm. that you can go to or and that can come to you as much as you don't like it, but right. that they can come to you and point you in. And steer you back in that right direction. Yeah. Because I, think, that's I great. think choosing to honor God is always worth
1: it, right? Absolutely. So
0: Tabitha will you just close us out in a word of prayer?
1: Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today, Lord. And you know, last week we talked about living for an audience of one. And then today we're we're diving into um, specifics. And God you know, our desire is to truly follow you and to seek you in everything that we do. And so, God, I pray that we would examine our hearts. And if we're straying away from you and we're not living um, a life that's pleasing to you, that we would repent of that and that we would seek to follow you above everything else. And, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you've done and for this time in your word. And we pray that you would just honor it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen
0: amen and thank you so much for listening today and being on this first corinthian study journey with us we'll continue on next week going into chapter six right so we're moving right along yeah thanks for joining us and always remember a sincere desire to become purposeful women of god starts with changing focus from me to thee god bless from our hearts to yours see ya bye